Hello, this is the Fellowship of the Ring podcast. I am Zion, and I am here with my friend Mark to have a, a discussion about the Fellowship of the Ring. All right, Mark. All right, so before I before Mark starts asking me some questions, I'm just going to explain some background of what we've read in the first four chapters of the story. So basically... There is this land called the Shire, and the Shire is essentially a civilization in the bigger country known as Middle Earth. And inside of the Shire, there are a bunch of different races, you know, living and socializing and interacting with each other every day. You know, they have a a lot of mystical races in this fantasy land. They have elves, which are just like, this mystical race they have really pointy ears they have hobbits which are kind of like these short creatures and they're very similar to like normal humans except they're just shorter they have dwarves which are just even shorter than normal hobbits but they have their own talents and skills and they also have normal human beings but uh basically a bit of the prologue to the story a uh, long, long time ago, there's a really bad guy. His name is Sauron, and he is known as the Dark Lord. And this guy, he essentially wanted a ton of power. So he forged a ring of power. That's what they call it. He forged a ring of power to make himself the most powerful being to control over the entire continent or country of Middle-earth. And essentially... Sauron was just annihilating all the forces that opposed him. Any type of force that opposed him, he would just go ahead and outright kill them. And a lot of wars started taking place to shut him down. And he was he had essentially become the most power, powerful being to control over all of the continent of Middle-earth. But eventually, there was this one battle... And in that battle, the ring was cut off of his hand. And Sauron had lost all of his power. But the evil that Sauron contained was still connected to this ring. So essentially, the ring uh, made its way around. You know, in that battle, the guy that cut that ring off of his hand, he, uh, he had traveled with it, and then he was killed. And then eventually... The ring had made its way over to this guy named Gollum. And he used the ring for mischief and thievery and evil. And he was eventually shunned out by his family and cast out to caves. And essentially, you know, he grew like pale. He grew really pale and he grew like kind of nasty. And um, eventually the ring made its way over to a guy named Bilbo Baggins, which is actually an important character. So Bilbo is a hobbit from this land known as the Shire, which I mentioned at the beginning. And Bilbo had uh, kept this ring for a long time. So there was actually a prequel prequel story known as the Hobbit. And in that story, um, it just goes about how Bilbo had his adventures with that ring that Sauron, the Dark Lord Sauron had had, and Bilbo had his own adventures. But um, 
that story kind of segues into the fellowship of the ring. And uh, essentially where the story starts off in the fellowship of the ring is that Bilbo had a, his 111th birthday party. And uh, one of the powers of the ring is that the ring is able to make whoever wears it go invisible, which is like, you know, that's not like a normal everyday power that people have. So Bilbo on his uh, 111th birthday went invisible and um, caused a lot of commotion in the Shire. And um, at the beginning of the story, it introduced Bilbo and then um, I believe his nephew, known as Frodo, and then Frodo also had a friend named Gandalf. All right, now Gandalf, he was just like a, he's a friendly wizard who is um, good friends with Frodo and Bilbo. And Gandalf, when um, he saw that Bilbo had made all the commotion by using the ring in front of all these people that have no idea of its power, he had made Bilbo give the ring to his nephew Frodo. And Frodo, he became somewhat aware of the ring's power over time, but uh, when he first got it, he didn't really know what it was. All he could do was feel this like power that the ring had, which had, which was from the Dark Lord Sauron. And then um, Frodo had to go leave Sauron, learned that Gollum that I had mentioned earlier had had the ring captures him, interrogates him, and then Gollum reveals the name Baggins, which is the last name of Bilbo and Frodo. Gandalf learns of this and tells Frodo, and Gandalf tells Frodo that the ring can only be destroyed in the fiery cracks of doom because it has to be destroyed because if Sauron were to get the power again, he would just wreak havoc and chaos across all of Middle-earth. So... Bilbo decides to venture off to a new home, a new home to lay low, and he is uh, accompanied by his friend Sam Gamgee. In their new house, Frodo and Sam are accompanied by two hobbit-like races. Their names are Merry and Pippin, and the group of friends find new trouble as they are seemingly stalked by these dark-hooded figures riding black horses. These guys are essentially working for Sauron, and Sauron's, um, although he's like kind of dead and powerless, he still has a bit of power left, and he sends these uh, dark horses and these dark hooded figures to come and get the ring from Frodo. And throughout the story, Frodo and um, Sam have to hide from them throughout the first couple chapters. Um, throughout the couple days... Frodo and Merry and Pippin and also Sam go and they're going to destroy the ring. And essentially throughout it, uh, they're accompanied by elves and um, they're accompanied by elves and they just go on a couple adventures. So, um, Mark, you could go ahead and ask a couple of the questions that you had. My favorite character, personally, it's it's uh it's got to be Gandalf because Gandalf's kind of like this. 
he's just like this old mysterious wizard and he's kind of like a he just he's just this mystical being and he's a wizard where it's compared to like the other characters they don't really have powers they're kind of just like they kind of just got dropped with this big yeah they kind of just got dropped with this really big duty of like you know taking this ring to mount doom but gandalf's kind of like this all-knowing wizard and he's like you have to do this so i, I kind of like him because he's like he, he's way more powerful than the other you know just normal people such as bilbo and frodo and sam gamgee and mary and pippin So when Bilbo leaves, um, when he leaves the Shire, or essentially when he goes invisible, he kind of uh, releases, like it's kind of like a shockwave effect of how the Dark Lord Sauron feels that his ring is being used again. And he feels that like kind of energy from the ring. And he's like, oh, someone just used my ring. That means my ring still exists. So I'm going to go find it and I'm going to get, you know, my ring. So when Bilbo kind of disappears on his 111th birthday, it honestly sets in the motion of the entire story as far as how Frodo needs to deliver that ring and destroy that ring at the cracks of Mount Doom. So it, the author shares the background of the ring because the ring you know, it's it's not just some ordinary ring. It's kind of like this mystical power. And it's it's like this mystical power with a bit of evil into it too. And that's why it kind of sets up a character conflict with Frodo. Because Frodo kind of feels like... as uh, Although, like, when he first gets the ring, he's not really, like, sure. And he, he's just kind of, like... He's not really sure of the true power and the true, like origin i'd say of the ring so he's kind of just like this young old kid who has to you know who has this really big deed that he has to complete and this really big task and that uh when the author shares the background of the ring it kind of it kind of lets the reader know like oh this character is gonna have to deal with a lot throughout the story because you know although he is like our main character this this kid is handling with things that are way out of his control and like things that have been around for a long time and that contain a lot of dark history behind them so that's why i i feel like the author shares the background of the ring i think it's just going to go about how bilbo and his friends have to hide from those hooded figures and essentially run away because I, I find it interesting because our characters are traveling and learning more about like, you know, the outside world. I mean, they knew a bit, but they're actually seeing it in person. So it's interesting because although our, our main characters are experiencing new phenomenons and, you know, like stimulus and stuff like that, they're seeing completely different things. And it's exciting to watch them like do this because it's like they've never seen some of this stuff before. They've kind of been closed off. But at the same time, they're also being chased by Sauron's forces. So they have to keep a move on. They can't just stay in one place and really enjoy the beauty that is 
you know, Middle Earth, they kind of have to stay moving because Sauron's forces are looking for them at the same time. And they're, they're honestly in a state of like being chased. They don't really have that much time to rest as far as like even sleeping for too long could cost them their lives. So that's why I feel like the book keeps its, uh, its essence of suspense and its pace. Yeah. So I like, um, I like how it's not too like, you know, different. Uh, it, it's like, it's like a fantasy world, obviously, but it's not even that different from like a normal, like this story. If you really wanted to, you can take some of the fantasy elements out of that. And it would be like, it would be like a normal, like this could very well happen in real life. Like the Shire is almost similar to like, you know, a neighborhood. The Shire is its own little neighborhood and its own little town. So it can be seen as like, you know, if you were to take the elves and fantasy elements and the hobbits and stuff out of it, it could be very comparable to like, you know, any one of us that are just growing up and doing everyday life. And uh, as far as like Middle Earth and Mordor and stuff, like that stuff is like, I, I love the fantasy aspect about it, of how it's like, you know, even at the beginning of the story, the Shire is such a it's it's shown as such a beautiful like little little bubble in a sense outside of the shire is just this complete like you know there are orcs there are these uh the dark lord sauron is waging war and trying to contain all his power so it honestly shows how it's like it's very similar to real life in a sense of how they're like you know corrupt polished politicians and stuff like that trying to gain their own power and you know gain whatever power they can to influence how they want the world to work in their favor. And it's like, meanwhile, it's like people like us are living in our own little bubbles, very similar to, you know, like the Shire. Um, how do you think, like, how the author writes? How does that affect the plot? How the author writes? Yeah, like their diction, their devices. So, yeah, I, I like how the author writes about how like whenever whenever it's talking about like the dark lord and stuff it completely switches the tone because it's really trying to personify of how, like this is not a a force to be messed around with this is this is a very you know daunting and evil force in this realm of middle earth but whenever it talks about like frodo and sam ganji and mary and pippin it's always like a it's not necessarily a lighthearted tone, but it's like they are young and they are like all friends. So showing them go through their own adventures in a different tone compared to when it talks about like, you know, like there was um there's one scene where they see like elves and they're seeing elves and then they're just kind of, you know, experiencing this as a new phenomenon. Like they've never seen this stuff before, uh, like outside of their own home to where like they're seeing these different types of elves and they're honestly all kind of experiencing it and taking it all in as a new experience and the diction and that it's like these friends it's it's not necessarily lighthearted but it's kind of like an eye-opening event for these characters whereas that when they talk about sauron and like the history of the ring the the diction and the phrasing completely changes to where it's like you know this this is not a force to be messed with this is this is a very serious thing 
And although our characters are on their own little adventures, you know, having their brand new experience and stuff, they are also holding that ring, which contains a lot of evil background and history. And, you know, it's not like these forces are coming back to just take the ring. Like these forces are coming to kill our main characters. They're coming to destroy our main characters and our characters are on the run having to constantly hide from them. What was the question? The main theme of the story is definitely between Frodo's like Frodo's journey that he has to go through, but it's also between him and the ring. Because yeah, like that 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 tension between him and the ring because Frodo has to he has to carry this thing. And um at the beginning of the story, he's kind of like shown in a way that he's not supposed to use that thing because that thing it's it's a very evil force so he's not supposed to use that thing and in a way that that evil ring it kind of like calls to him and it's kind of like you know put me on your finger and use me for evil and mischief very similar to how Gollum did and that ring is it's like it's like a force that it's calling to Frodo and it's like you know put me on and use me for for the you know, I'm that ring is essentially saying, like, I'm such a powerful force. You need to be using me to do whatever you want. Like, you could have so much power if you were to use me. And the main theme is that Frodo, you know, he's not like the thing about the hobbits is that in the Shire, it's explained that they don't really do a whole lot. Like, they don't really go out and go on crazy adventures, especially our characters like Frodo. And uh, Sam Gamgee, Mary, and Pippin, they don't really go on adventures like that. So, you know, this kid this kid is on his, like, first, you know, real crazy adventure where he's actually leaving his hometown. And not only is he just, like, leaving the hometown and going on a stroll or something or going on a little vacation, he's going to complete one of the greatest tasks that he's probably going to ever have to do in his life. And that is to destroy that evil ring that yearns for power. And the main theme is that Frodo is trying to fight back against this ring. He, he, he's kind of just like going on this brand new adventure. He doesn't know what to expect. He, he's never had this kind of crazy, you know, experience before. And not only that, he has this insanely strong ring that kind of calls to him and it, it's calling to him and it's telling him, you know, use me. Uh, I, I can, I can give you a lot of power. I like how I like how it kind of introduced like the Shire and everything and it and it really showed how it's like, oh, this is such like a bright and nice little village where like people have birthday parties and people have, you know, nice little houses and they have wizards who show like fireworks and stuff. And then in like the next couple chapters it shows about like, yo, it's not all sunshine and butterflies in this entire continent. There's also really bad people, evil people out there who are trying to do whatever they can to seize power and control. And it's like our characters from this bright little fantasy land almost, even though the whole story is a fantasy land, but it's like their own bright little bubble have to go out into the real world. So it's honestly kind of like a coming of age story where our characters have to grow 
and our characters have to learn about themselves and like experience new things that are completely different from the lives that they've been living as as the younger kids and growing up. Yeah. 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 It's like throughout the story, they're going to have to learn how to not only, you know, do the tasks that they have to do, but they're going to have to learn how to survive. And they're going to have to learn how to cooperate with even newer characters that we're going to meet through the rest of the story. All right. That was our first podcast for chapters one through four. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. This is Zion. See you later. Mark, you want to say bye to our viewers? Goodbye. (laughs)